Welcome to My Pain, My Power, a new kind of Northeast newscast podcast collaboration with the Maddie Rhodes Center. I'm Michael Bushnell. And I'm Molly Bansky, Program Coordinator for our Violence Prevention Efforts at the Maddie Rhodes Center here in Northeast. At the Maddie Rhodes Center, we work with area youth on overcoming the challenges, risks, and negative influences of growing up in an urban landscape. As an example, 100% of the youth that we work with at Maddie Rhodes have witnessed violence on a first-hand basis. In the coming weeks, we're going to be sitting down with area youth who've been directly impacted by violent crime, substance abuse, and ultimately mental illness and suicide. The voices you will hear will be those of young people the Maddie Road Center is currently working with to change their lives for the better and bring positive change to our community by giving young people an active voice for change. Sometimes it's going to be edgy. Other times you may be angry, but the conversation is guaranteed to be 100% real in order to speak straight to the issue. So join us as we strive to give voice to a segment of the population that is rarely heard on the My Pain, My Power podcast series. Brought to you by the Maddie Road Center and the Northeast News. Today, we are speaking once again as part of the My Pain, My Power podcast series. The Northeast News has partnered with the Maddie Road Center to bring to light uh, various neighborhood, I don't don't know, call it situations or scenarios that we think we want to get inside the heads of some of the people that that we want to understand a little bit better to determine why things happened and what made them change, what path they chose. So Molly, today we've got John with us, correct? Yes. And John is a 14-year-old what, middle school, high school? Uh, high school. High school. Okay, we don't have to say uh, where that is because we're just not going to say where that is. That's all there is to it. So, Molly, tell us a little bit about John, John's home life, and what brought him to us today. Yeah, so John has been um, participating in Maddie Rhodes groups at school and then also in um, our treatment program. And so he is here today to really just tell us his story. Um, I think he's had a, for 14 years old, he's had a pretty, pretty interesting childhood experience. Yeah, um, with drugs, um, violence, decision-making, just things that I think we need to talk a little bit more of, because he's the expert, so we're gonna learn from him today, but yeah. So subject matter expert. Yes, hmm. that, that's you. El jefe, as yeah. we like to say, the boss. <laughs> the boss. Yes. So what, what was, what was your childhood like? What was it like growing up in in your house? Also, like I, I wasn't born here. Okay. I wasn't born here. I came here like at a very young age. I, I think I came here to Missouri when I was like, I think seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Before that, I lived in, I lived in Los Angeles with, uh, with my aunt. We lived in her, like her apartment, and we would sleep like in the living room. And like after that, we moved to Texas because she had her boyfriend there, and that didn't work out. Like after a year, so we just came here. What about before then? Where were you born? I was born in Honduras. Okay. When did you come to the United States? I don't. I don't really remember when, but I just know I was like, like young, you know. So what was your what was 
What was your family structure like? Were their parents present or what what was that like? Um, it was really just it was really just me and my mom, and my sister, right? But whenever we came here to Missouri, she uh like she started talking to my stepdad now. Who did you look up to in the house? No, no one really. Like I didn't really have anyone to look up to. So where did you go for guidance? Nowhere. What did what's your friend you had a friend group, right? That you would talk to about life too? Oh yeah. Yeah. That was kind of your support system. Yeah, too. my friends, yeah. What can you talk to us a little bit more about growing up? Okay, so you born in Honduras, you got to Kansas City, what, around seven seven years old, you said? What was it like in your home when you grew up? What do you remember about that? Also, like at first, like my mom and stepdad, they wouldn't like argue as much, but they would still argue, right? But then like as time kept going, like they kept arguing more and more and more, you know? What did that arguing look like? Like calling each other names and stuff like that. And, you know, like sometimes he would like try to hit her and sometimes he would hit her. So, so there was physical abuse involved? Yeah. What about, was there alcohol or drugs involved in with them that drove them to this? No, nah, not with them. They they wouldn't really be on that, like, do that stuff. But my mom, she would go to, like, family parties. And, you know, like, I would see people use drugs and stuff. At family parties? Yeah. And how old were you when this was going down? Like, seven, around the time I got here. How did that impact? What did you think at the time? What, what was your thought process at that time? Well, at that time, I didn't think it was cool because everyone would say, like, drugs aren't good for you, don't do them, you know? But here they are doing them. Yeah. So, for you. Yeah, so I'm, I would think, like, or, you know? But, yeah, what's you're sending me mixed messages. Mm -hmm. So what What kind of drugs were being done? Um, Marijuana and, like, like, I don't know, it was just this one time where I seen like a bit of coke in a bag. Okay, so cocaine and marijuana. I mean, you remember that. That was seven years ago and you still remember that moment. So it must have stuck with you, right? Yeah. So at the same time, you're learning about the D.A.R.E. program, Do Not Do Drugs program, right, at school? Oh, yeah. You're, <laughs> you're seeing it on the weekends at family parties? Hmm. Yeah, that's not how it's supposed to work. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. So what, what, when did you start using? Oh, uh, I think like almost three years ago. So when you were 11? Yeah. And what, what was your first time? What did you do? From my first time I took uh, some like edibles, I took some edibles. Okay. Like hemp or THC? Yeah, I took some THC edibles, yeah. Okay. What was that like? At first, I ate two, right, and I didn't, I didn't feel anything. So I, like, I told my friends, like, do I wait longer? And they all took three, so I just took an extra one too. So then, did that, did that kick it? Yeah, yeah, it kicked in like, like really crazy. I just remember like being like extra slow and just hearing my like my voice in my head and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> it, was, it felt weird at first, but then. I don't know. What was that like when you first? took edibles, you didn't just find edibles on the bottom of your seat at school. Oh, uh, so one of my friends pulled them out. 
like he had him and he asked us if we wanted to take some with him we were like sure and how old how old was this guy same age like 11 years yeah old. no 11 years old. no around like 12. still mm-hmm. and he so how were they in a baggie a bottle or how they were like in like a bag it was like a candy bag but instead of the actual candy it was like edibles and it showed how many milligrams and stuff okay so that that was your first time were you with your friends yeah while yeah, you we, did it yeah we were with them <laughs> so how long and, and I, I lost my scholarships doing exactly the same thing I, <laughs> I dropped out of school and i had to go through boards to get back into college and to keep my scholarships so i but i was a little bit older so how long did that last like the edibles effect yeah i don't really remember because i i just remember like falling asleep Okay, and then you woke up. And then I woke up and I was just normal. Okay, so what What about the next time? How long, I mean, was this an entrance drug for you? An entry, kind of like an entry level drug? To... Yeah, that was like the first everything I did. And then like, I, I think it was like a week or two later, me and my friends did edibles again, right? But this time, uh, like my mom caught me. So your mom caught you the second time? Yeah. I killed your buds, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that'd do it. <laughs> and I was like, I just remember being so paranoid, right? But like, I just didn't really care about what she was saying. Why? I don't know, cause I was, I guess I was just tired or whatever. I just didn't care. And then I remember her slapping me, right? And I was so hot, I didn't feel the slap. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> so were you, why'd she, why did she slap you? I don't know, cause out of anger, I guess. Yeah. Like the first time she realized that. Yeah. So what? After you came down, I mean, I, you were at the house, right? You were at right. home. Was there was there a conversation? Sit down. I want to talk to you. We're gonna. No, I just got in trouble. I just got in trouble for a, like a couple of weeks, and I was able to go out again. What did trouble? What does trouble mean? Yeah. What? Yeah. Like I couldn't couldn't go out. Uh, she took my game, my phone, I, like the, changed the internet password so I couldn't watch TV. Oh, so you got like grounded? That. Yeah. <laughs> they still do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I was grounded mm-hmm. as a kid. Um, when? So, so no, no outside contact. You would stay at the house. You were. Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah. So then, once you got, I'm just gonna say, once you got your freedom and everything. Walk us through that. Was there, what was it like the next time and what were you doing? Um, That was like a couple of days after I was able to go out again. It was the first time I ever smoked. Like I ever actually smoked marijuana. So okay. three days out, basically you, you smoked marijuana this time. You didn't take it as an edible, right? Yeah. Okay. And you're, you're still 11 years old, right? At the time? Mm, yeah. Okay, so you first tried marijuana edibles when you were 11 years old. It was first in edibles, and then you went into smoking. Was that just like once in a while with your friends every day? What did it, what did, how did it progress? Because we both, it didn't stop at weed. Am I correct? Yeah. Okay, so how did we, how did things speed up in your life with that? Also, at first, it was like, it was like just once in a while, right? Like I would just smoke once in a while, like once it, like, I don't know. It was just once in a while, right? And then like whenever 
school had started, right? Because this was during summer. When school had started, um, we were doing virtual school, so we would still be able to just go out. And then that's when, like, during that, that's when I kept smoking more. So during COVID? Yeah. Turned into every day? Not every day, but it would, it would be like, you know, like I would do it more than when. So when did you experiment with other drugs? When did that happen? Like a, like a year ago. So you were 13? Yeah. 12, 13? Yeah. And what was that? Uh, It was a perk. Okay. Percocet? Yeah. Walk us through that. Yeah. You just find perks <clears throat> on the side of the road? Where did we get, where did we? Nah, so one of my one of my friends had some, right? And and he asked me if I've ever taken, you know, a perk before. And I was like, no, what's that? And he started like describing ex- like what it would do to you, how it would make you feel and all that, right? And I was just like, all right, I'll take it, right? And he gave me a full one and he was like, just take half of a half, bro. So half of a half? Yeah. Can we mention where you were at? Oh, I was at school. Okay. So this was like in the bathroom? Yeah, uh, it was in it was in the lunchroom. Like when he gave it to me, it was at breakfast. So it was like in the morning. And so you took the half yeah. right there at school. Okay. And then so what, and I don't, I've, I've never taken Percocet, even if it was, what is it? It's a painkiller, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So you, same whole. So talk to us, what, did, what, what was what this? What does it do? How did he uh, convince you to, to take it? What were the side effects that sounded so nice that I you mean, were like, yeah, I'm going to He didn't it. really have to convince me. Like, after he just told me what it does to you, I was like, all right, I'm like, I'm down. Which is what? So what did he say? What did he say? Oh, he told me, like, like, makes you feel, like, relaxed, right? Like, so calm. And uh, you, and it makes you feel like you're sleeping. You just want to fall asleep anyway. Okay. So you take this after your morning breakfast at school. And half <laughs> your Right? Yeah. So how many how, how many milligrams was in the pill? I'm not sure. Okay. I just remember I took half of a half and at first it like it really wasn't working till like I think like 30 minutes later, right? I started feeling like like weird, like my body feels like heavier, and I was you know starting to get tired and just feeling like my eyes was closing and stuff, right? And I was like, that's when I realized this started working. And I just remember being in class and just being like, like, like relaxed, just feeling like I was asleep. But you were, you were still cognizant of what was going on in the classroom. Yeah, like I I was still here, everything, like everybody in the class, but it felt like I would just be like asleep, you know? Not enough. Yeah. So after you took that first half, you still had the other half, Mm -hmm. right? What was that like? Did you talk to your friend after school and tell him how it went and then take the other half that night or yeah, when did that oh i talked to uh i talked to him at school i talked to him while i was still on it he was like he was like did it hit burn i was like yeah bro and i remember like my voice being like raspy like it was like gone like god like it just felt very like deep deep right and then when i got home i got like like tired right so I, I slept and then when i woke up i did the, the other half mm-hmm. okay and so after that was all in one day right you took a little power nap when you got home then you got up took the other half <laughs> and, went, power nap. and then you went back to bed probably right and that was one day that was your first time ever trying a perk right 
where did it go from there? Or uh, he started, he started like giving me some at school, and and he's giving these to you. You ain't buying them. No, no, I'm not buying them. He's like giving them to me, right? And like sometimes we would do them together, sometimes we wouldn't, right? And then after that, like he started telling me that he started telling me like, oh, bro, I don't, I don't have that much. If he wants to, we're gonna, we're gonna have to start buying, right? I was like, all right. So I would, I would just buy from him. And how much would they go for? Five a pop. And you would buy how many at a time? Uh, I would spend like, first I would spend 15, like just keep spending 15, right? And after like four times I bought, he lowered the price down. So he put, if I spend like 20, I get 10. Volume so, discount. Yeah. You became, a, you became a nice little client, right? Yeah, so I would, I would spend 20, and then after 20, 35. So was he, so he was selling to other kids in the school? No, not that I know of, not that I know of, like, in, in school. Was there ever a point, because, I mean, now, I guess, you realize a little, and we'll get to that, how Percocets are laced with fentanyl a lot of the times now right was there ever a time that you were nervous or worried about that when he first said the word perk did you think about that sir i didn't think of an overdose at all or anything like that like i, I didn't know that that could kill you for for mm -hmm. so then you started buying it increased right so 11 year old john was taking an edible for the first time and then 13 year old john was now popping how many perks a day? Um, when I was really like onto them, I was doing I think six a day or or like four, five. I would really do loop track for real. So all day, all yeah. day you were high, and so you woke up. What is, what's it? What was a typical day like? So I woke up right, and I would get on the bus and do one on the bus, and then when I would do that that half in the bus, it would get me through like half the day. And that would be another one right there. Like whenever I feel like the effects is over, another one. So you'd start coming down, and this is like a whole one or half one? Uh, half one, I just kept doing like halves. Okay, so you start coming down, pop another half. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did anybody at school, I mean, this is, a, this is a drug that, I mean, you can tell when somebody's on it. Right. Uh, one, uh, one of the teachers did notice Cause I remember one of the teachers coming up to me and she was like, she was like, stop fooling around in school and take it seriously. Stop doing drugs at school. And that was it. Yeah. Did that, I mean, she knew you were high. Mm -hmm. what, what were, what was your thought pattern? Did I get, you know, did I, oh, she knows I'm going to quit or did it, did it phase you at all? I didn't care. At that stage of the game, you, you were moving on. Yeah. I just didn't care. Like. And so when it, it got really, it got really intense, right? Like you were at probably your, your worst part of your usage. Oh yeah. During winter break? Winter break, yeah, something like that, yeah. Of your eighth grade year? Yeah. Okay. So what, what happened then? How many were you using a day at that stage of the game? Mm, it was three a day. I was using three a day, and after that, I think I started just getting higher tolerance. And there would be times where if I like, 
If I didn't do one, I couldn't sleep. Like I don't, I would just feel weird. I would just like be sweating in my sleep and like my body would be all itchy and stuff. You're withdrawing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I would just, I would just do a perk and that was it. So that would put you to sleep. Yeah. You needed it. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. Because you just gotta, you, you're up, so you gotta maintain. What is the moment that that changed? Talk to us about what happened then. Oh, so it was, so it was this day that my, my friend didn't have any, right? And I knew someone else who, who sold them, right? So I hit the, I hit that person up and then they sold me three, they sold me three for 15, right? And I picked them up, I went to my room and I just, I did it normal half like always, right? And it felt like stronger, but didn't last as long, you know? So it was it was weird, right? Because when I did the half, like I started nodding off Im immediately, right? But it would be away after like 30 minutes. And then I was like, right. And like an hour passed, I didn't feel anything. And I did another half. And as soon as I do that half, like, because you know, I, I sniffed them, right? Was that your first time sniffing them? No. So you would change from popping them to sniffing them? To sniffing them, yeah. So would you, you crush them or? Yeah. Okay. So I crushed the half up, right? And when it's like already crushed up, I already have it as a line. I feel the other one kicking in, like coming back. And I'm like, fuck, it don't matter. So I just did it. I still did the, the half, right? And then after I like, like an hour or two passed by and I didn't feel anything again, right? And I, this time I didn't take no half. I just took a full one. Like I took a full one. I didn't, I didn't sniff. I took it right, and then didn't crush it up. Didn't sniff it. No, nah, I just took yeah. it. Yeah. What's the different? Why would you sniff it over popping it? Because I, I was over here thinking that since I, I, I was already like sniffing it right. I was like, cause it was bad for my nose for real. Cause sometimes my nose would bleed. I remember right, I got on I got on the game, I was playing the game for a minute and then I started feeling so like weird. Like, I don't know, my vision was like blurry, everything was like kind of moving, right? So I go to my bed and when I lay down, I'm like extra, extra tired. Like I just want to close my eyes and I feel my heart like starts being like slower, slower, slower. And then I just remember falling asleep. Oh, and then I woke up and I was, I was like throwing up in the bag and it was like police all, all over my room, ambulance. And they got me in the ambulance. And when I was in the ambulance, I asked like what happened and, t and they told me I had overdosed. Oh, uh, they told me I, it was like accidental, like fentanyl overdose. That's what they told so me. So fentanyl? Yeah. So your pills were laced. So what is, so you lay down your heart starts slowing down. Right. What's going through your head? I'm like, I'm I'm over here thinking that I just need to sleep it off. Like I didn't think I was gonna overdose or anything. The, so no, you didn't have any premonition of. Did you see the light or anything like that? Well, I just remember like when I was asleep. I just remember it was like just all dark. That's all I remember. Just dark. And you woke up and you're. Yeah, and then I woke up and I just like started throwing up. I mean, where was, this is the, so if we think back to the 11 year old 
John, whose mom was slapping him for for using edibles. What? Where was mom at during this? What did she think? Did she notice that you were changing? She she didn't know I was doing them, but she noticed that I was like changing, like my attitude was changing. I guess she told me that that my attitude was changing. And what? How? How was your attitude changing? Oh, uh, like I wouldn't eat wouldn't be on my room. I would, she said I would always look down, stuff like that. So she was noticing change in you. Yeah. But you weren't seeing it. Yeah. Were, were you cognizant of this? Or were you just, eh? Yeah, I was just like, eh, it don't matter. I, I didn't care. You just keep on going mm -hmm. until this day. Yeah. And then you wake up and you you got blue in your room. You got, you got EMS in your room. This is in your bedroom at home, right? Yeah. Were you were you in your bed or were you on their on their gurney? Oh, I was on my bed still. Okay. Yeah, I, I was still on my bed. So that did you just did they induce your vomiting or did they, like did they give what what are they what's Narcan? Are they Narcan? Well, not, yeah, Narcan. But what's the stuff that makes you throw up? What's that? So there's a Epicac. Yeah, I think I, I think they gave me one. I think because. <laughs> My mom told me they gave me something in my nose and something else. So that'd be Narcan. That'd be Narcan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that jogged you awake, right? And then you just started throwing up. Mm-hmm. Did they take you to the hospital? Yeah, I was in the hospital till next day. Okay. So the next day you got home, same bedroom. Well, where, where, where was your head at? Did you withdraw? Did you? It didn't. It didn't feel real to me. Like at the point, not not like it didn't feel real. Like I still thought I was dreaming, right? But then, this is the next day. Yeah, next day. After overnight hospital stay, and they spring you. I'm guessing your mom took you home. Mm hmm. And you're in your bedroom, and it still hadn't. You. It still hadn't. Yeah, cleared. it still haven't. You know, been through my head, and I remember getting like. Withdrawals, like those were the worst. What was withdrawal like? Man, it was so bad. It's it really like, like what do you want to call it? I was, I was shitting all day. <laughs> like I was really just shitting all day, right? Throwing up, shitting everything I ate or everything I drank, throw it up, everything. <laughs> and like, I remember not being able to sleep and getting a lot of sleep paralysis. And I remember like at night, I couldn't sleep because I would just be sweating, eating. And I just felt like crying for some reason. Like, I just felt like crying. I just felt sad. It was weird. What made you feel sad? I don't know. Like, I, I still don't know to this day. I just felt like, like I just wanted to cry. Where were your friends at? What did they think about your... This was something that you did... This was kind of like your group at the time, right? You plot parts together. You were each other's support system. You said that you got some of your guidance growing up from them too. What'd oh, they yeah. say? Oh, me and my me and my friend that were doing them at the time, we stopped doing them whenever that happened to me. Well, he, he like, we both stopped for a while and then we did them again. Like during summer, we did them again. So what was that time frame between I think three, three, three months, maybe. Okay. Yeah. So we, what happened after that? Um, we did him again. And then after that, he didn't have any more. So we did some Zans. 
So you were sober, mm-hmm. correct? So you had overdosed, became sober, you know, right? You weren't using drugs. You changed your life in that sense, right? And then three months later, you relapsed. Mm-hmm. Why? I'm not going to lie. I really just missed the feeling. Like, I really just missed that feeling. That that was why, that's really why I did it with me, because I missed that feeling. So it was an escape? Something like that, I guess. Like, I just, I missed that type of high, you know? Mm-hmm. And how long did that last? That relapse? Just, like, maybe, like, a week. It wasn't really long, because right after the first time I did it, we were trials again. And then after that, I was like, nah, I can't, can't keep doing this no more. Like, I can't, because I felt, I really felt like I wanted to kill myself, real. That's how the withdrawals were. It just made me think I was useless. Like, it made me feel like, I don't know, just weird. Useless. It, 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 like, you didn't matter. Your life didn't matter. Even to you, your life didn't matter. Yeah, that's how I felt. Like, I just felt so down for some reason. And I felt like I had nobody. I felt like like nobody loved me and stuff. It was weird. Did and where was your where was your friend group during all this? They were still around me, but I I really kept that from them. Why? I don't know, cause I I don't know. Peer pressure. Like, what do you mean by peer pressure? No, he hid it. Like, did his friends didn't know he relapsed. He had lied, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. He kept it a secret. Were you ashamed of it? I mean, kind of, but then after that, like, they started doing it again, and they had asked me if I wanted to do it, and I was like, nah, because I couldn't go back to that. So you got sober after, the, so that you relapsed for a week, and then you got sober again, mm-hmm. right? And you've been sober since, correct? Mm-hmm. So... Those same friends, so you got you, they knew you overdosed, right? Right. So your friends knew you overdosed and they continued to use Percocets around you? Not around me, but they would tell me, you know, like if, if I wanted to do them and all that, but not. So they knew you almost died, correct? Right. And then they offered you the same thing that almost killed you. Right. Okay. And your answer was, did you, did you take it or not? No, I didn't. I didn't take it. Was, was that when you walked away for good? Yeah. You got, I mean, this, this, I, this connection with this, these friends, your friend group, right? I mean, what was, you've, you've decided to change, right? You've left that, you're sober now, you've, you've had time to think about this. What, what has that been like looking at your friendships now and what they taught you? I mean, from somebody else looking in, I would tell you, dang, John, you might need some new friends. <laughs> but what do you, I mean, what do you think about it? Uh, I think, I think, like, I, th- I just think it's weird how how they didn't really, like, you know, try to ask me to do that again for real. Because I think if they was, like, real friends and they actually cared about me, they wouldn't tell me to do that, you know? Absolutely. Because knowing what, knowing what it does to you, I would never tell my friend to do a perk. I'm not going to lie. After you've been through that. Yeah. Like through the withdrawals and all that stuff. Nah. What have you learned 
from this whole situation? Just like for yourself, what are you? Don't don't experiment with drugs, cause that's kind of what I was doing. So the classic, don't do drugs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the old Nancy Reagan just say no. Everybody, <laughs> everybody made everybody made fun of that, but it was one of the most effective uh, anti-drug programs in in the nation, and that was in nineteen, jeez, nineteen eighty-eight. I think like what a, so if so, if we have a parent listening on the on this podcast, right, and they mm -hmm. have a, I mean, twelve, thirteen, and fourteen years old snorting Percocets that have fentanyl laced with it. That is, that's scary. You almost died. What, what, do, what do they need to know? Oh, I would say like, just, just check on your kid for real. Like, you don't have to be harsh on them, but just check them and try to understand them. Yeah, just talk to them. Like, be, make them be comfortable around you. How long have you been, how long have you been clean? Since like, since June, I don't know, I don't know how long that is. So like seven, seven, seven months, eight months. Eight mm -hmm. months. So what, you've, have you walked away from that friends group? I still talk to some of them, yeah. Some of them? Yeah. What's your, what's your inner core say about that now? I mean, you, you've come through this, you almost died. You've been clean for eight months. What's, what's your next step? I just want to like, I really just want to, be successful in my life. What does what does that look like to you? Successful, like you know, having having enough money to buy the things you want, and and live how you want to live. What do you What do you want to do professionally? Oh, uh, I still don't know, but I want to like invest in business. Businessman. Yeah. Would you wear a suit and tie? Yeah. Okay. Oh, man, I won't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's, that's better. So what message, what other message do you think that, how do you think that who you hang out with affects your your life direction? Oh, I think, I think it affects like what you do in life because sometimes our friends really influence us, you know? So what would you say if you had a, a 10 year old, 11 year old, cousin that was going down the same path that you did was trying experimenting with drugs maybe selling drugs involved in violence involved in stuff just that you knew about what would you tell him I, I would tell him to um like make sure he's making the right decisions in life because like one bad decision could ruin your whole life or it could just do something crazy to you one bad decision could kill you mm-hmm have you lost friends? Yeah, I lost one of my friends. In one bad decision? Yep. So moving forward, you're you're making better decisions? Yeah. Because you don't want to... I mean, I... You, you don't want to go through that friend loss situation again. Yep. Correct? Yeah. And the, the interesting is, do you remember when we were talking about that? So one of the first couple months that John used to come and see me, what what do we start talking about? She was told me that to make sure who I'm hanging around with, because she was she said one of these days, I don't know when, but one of these days something's gonna happen to you guys. And unfortunately, that came true, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, and you don't know when. Mm-hmm. That's 
Yeah, and I, that's just one. That's one of the reasons why, you know, I'm I'm a biker, and whenever we get together, we hug each other because we don't know when. We don't know when that time is when somebody's not going to see us coming across an intersection. So we hug each other, and that's, I think, indicative, you know, because you don't know when you just don't. So. Absolutely, that's a powerful go. message. Though. Yeah, too. I, I agree with that. So start hugging. <laughs> start <laughs> hugging your friends. I used to be self-conscious about it, but you know, it, all my buddies do it. We get together, we give each other big bear hugs. Good to see you, brother. And that, it, that's the way it is. That's <laughs> that's this lifestyle. So we talk about too honoring people's honoring the person that 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 died too, mm -hmm. and honoring your friend. You know what? What is your life now without him? It's a life without drugs. It's a life without violence. It's a life without all those things that he did not get the chance to experience. To honor him in a positive way. You think that's what he would want? Yeah, uh, I think what he want is for me to be successful in life. You know, like the dreams that we would talk about. Like the cars that we say we'd have, like me having them, that that's that's all that's all I want for real. Thank you, John, for being vulnerable and telling us your story. John, thanks for being here. We appreciate that. We really do. And thanks for being a part of our series.